There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, William Liu. This episode of the Raptors Over Everything Podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, Kentucky Fried Chicken. So I'm recapping the Toronto Raptors 129-102 to win over the Chicago Bulls on uh, Super Bowl Sunday. And um, yeah, you know, I, I feel like I've said this many times. You've probably heard many versions of this podcast where the Raptors play an inferior team. Uh, they, you know, chill for the first half. They take it easy, um, you know. They hang, they hang around. In this case, uh, against the Bulls, um, they were actually trailing at halftime. Imagine that. The Bulls up three points at halftime. But um, you just knew. I mean, the Raptors are going to turn it on the second half, and they're going to blow the Bulls out of the water. And that's exactly what happened. The Raptors in the second half beat the Bulls by a score of 79. 79 to 39. Um, it was... It's really fun to watch, to be honest. Uh, it's a very fun game. Lots of great things happening. If you hear a bunch of noise behind me, that's because Terrence Davis just came out and a bunch of uh, kids with their parents just greeted Terrence and, and congratulated him. Terrence had an amazing night, 31 points, a career high for the rookie who, um, <laughs> I mean, I don't care this much of the Rising Stars game, but, I mean, come on. Uh, a game definitely worthy of going to the Rising Stars game for Terrence. But uh, overall, just a very fun game for the Raptors, you know. Like, it, it was not a game where the Raptors struggled that much uh you knew that in the first half the Bulls hit 11 three-pointers in the first half it's just like there's no way they're doing that in the second half and they didn't do it in the second half um you know it was completely halved they only had five more the rest of the way they only shot 15 of 48 from three despite shooting about 50 percent at halftime um and the Raptors defense just locked in and and they took it to another level and the Bulls couldn't meet it meet it and it's whatever you know like a lot of teams have not been able to score against the Raptors defense the Raptors are the second best defensive team in the NBA and it was always very surprising to me when I was watching this game and I was like damn the Bulls have 63 points at halftime but I just knew they were going to lock in and if they played like a quarter of solid basketball they're going to do that and um, that third quarter that came out, just like a completely different energy. Like, first half, the Raptors sort of scrambled a little bit. Nick Nurse had to play that zone just to sort of get everyone on the same page defensively and get them to communicate. Still wasn't working that well. The Bulls beating them to the second, you know, chance uh, opportunities, just running down loose balls and stuff like that. You know, the Bulls got on the offensive glass for 17 offensive rebounds. Um, but then, in that third quarter, uh, one of the first possessions of that quarter the Raptors had this one very memorable play where there were three deflections on the same sequence. I'm pretty sure where it was a fast break originally. Kyle Lowry breaks it up by, um, you know, knocking it up. It was a three-on-one three, uh, three fast break. Kyle Lowry knocks the ball out of the hands, and uh, it goes out of bounds. And then I think the play, you know, they mount the ball. It, it works its way to, like, Chandler Hutchison in the middle, and he tries to get a hook shot up. Serge Ibaka spikes that into the second row. And then on the ensuing inbound, Fred VanVleet's able to tip the ball on the inbound. And the Bulls still get it inside, and they miss a shot. But that just goes to show, like, the level of activity when you have three deflections on that same play. Um, and you have, you know, and during that stretch, OG Anobi uh, making a great play to help add the basket to prevent uh, a clear layup for Luke Cornett, 
who might be the softest seven footer I've seen since Barnani. Uh, man, this guy is, did not <laughs> did not want to play physical inside. OG, uh, you know, got him at the rim, uh, forced a little. I think a turnover. I think a travel. Um, Kyle made with the quick hands to stop the fast break, and it was just the energy of the, of the team sort of picked up, and also offensively, the Raptors just executed better. They were executing pretty well offensive in the first half as well, um, but in that third quarter, a couple of plays that really stand out. I mean, one of the plays of the game, I thought, um, was Pascal Siakam in the post. Uh, Thaddeus Young's bodying him up. Thaddeus Young's a pretty damn good defender. Thad Young had a really nice game, um, but yeah, Pascal getting bodied up by Thad Young. And you you thought Pascal was going to be stuck. You thought he's going to have to pass it out in a short shot clock situation and have a you know bad shot go up for the Raptors. Instead, Pascal turns over his left shoulder and uh, hits this ridiculous one-legged Dirk Nowitzki-style fadeaway, swishes it, and it was just so smooth, man. Pascal was very very smooth tonight uh, with his offense. You know, definitely. Um, I mean, he only played twenty eight minutes, but very productive in those seven twenty eight minutes. Seventeen points, nine rebounds, five assists, five on the offensive glass as well. So very effective on the offensive end, especially against a really good defender. Um, and you know you could side you could side to see like the Bulls probably had this happen to them many times this season. The Bulls are nineteen and thirty three now. They're not. They're pretty used to losing. Um, I'm sure <laughs> the other good teams have done the same thing where sort of play rope a dope for the first half and then bam, uh, they they flip it on them. And um, yeah, you know, the, you know the uh, they were starting to lose their composure too. I mean, at one point, Thad Young, um, you know, had Siakam pinned under the basket. Siakam caught a. Uh, Outlet pass from from Kyle Lowry, which is not happening as much this season. It, it used to happen all the time. It's not happening as much this year. But Pascal caught the outlet pass from uh, Thad Young and caught it. Uh, or sorry, from Kyle Lowry, caught it under the rim. Thad Young had him pinned, and Pascal went up. And uh, it was a physical play, whatever, sort of a borderline play. It could go either way. You see it called all the time. Uh, it gets called in favor of Pascal, and Thad Young gets pissed. He picks up a technical, and Pascal Siakam ends up turning that into a three point play with the three free throws. Um, but you could just see, though, know, Pascal was frustrating Thad Young all night. It wasn't even like Thad Young did a necessarily that bad of a job defending him. Pascal hit three turnaround jumpers on him. Um, and, you know, even though the foul calls thing, I mean, like, really Pascal only got two shooting fouls. That one that was borderline against Thad. And also one in the first half where he sort of used the pump fake, got Thad Young in the air, and then lead into the contact and got the free throws. And look, one of the things I like about Pascal is that he plays honest basketball, and he doesn't necessarily play to the whistle as much, but the simple fact is, if you're going to be a superstar, if you're going to be a star, you need to get to the free throw line, and that's what he does, and that's what he did. And you need some of those tricks in your bag. And quite honestly, you know, Pascal, um, it's it's going to be a long way for him to get to, like, James Harden, for example. Um, But, yeah, I mean, you know, it's nice to see him get to the free throw line. Uh, I did did look into this a little bit, because it feels like Pascal has gotten more foul calls of late, and um, so in the 33 games before Pascal Siakam, was named an all-star this year. He was averaging about 4.6 fouls, uh, foul shots uh, attempts per 36 minutes, 4.6 per 36 minutes. In the six games since, Pascal Siakam is averaging 7.8 free throw attempts per 36 minutes. Now, granted, they're playing some garbage teams over this stretch. It's like the Hawks. It's like the Cavs. It's like the Bulls, like the Pistons. Um, but, you know, at the same time, uh, he's also gotten more borderline calls, which is what the stuff that he wasn't getting before. And, you know, I'm I'm not saying some sort of grand conspiracy, but it's also just the facts of life. Like, when you make the All-Star team, uh, you start getting more calls. And so that was nice to see. It's just nice to see Pascal get his respect from the referees. It was nice to see him sort of um, 
you know, turn that into just efficient offense for the team. Let's just forget all the other stuff. He just, you know, he was uh, he, he was very good with his offense. You know, when the, when the Bulls double teamed him, he was very good with his passes. And the rest of the team was just also very impressive. I mean, this is a night where everyone should get a lot of praise. Um, everyone down to even McCaw, who I know people don't like that much, and people are frustrated with him, my, myself included. Um, you know, even he had a good game. <laughs> and you know when McCaw has a good game, uh, Rafs are, are probably going to do pretty well, uh, <laughs> just on the whole. Um. But yeah, I mean, come on, I'm I'm, I'm bearing the lead here. The, the the star of the game tonight was Terrence Davis, who set a career high. The rookie with 31 points off the bench in 28 minutes, incredibly efficient outing from Terrence Davis, who shot 12 of 15 from the field, uh, including six of seven from three. It was a very, very impressive display by Terrence, who it kind of showed the whole package offensively in terms of what he can do. Um, first off, you know, you can always tell when Terrence has it or not. Uh, you know, Terrence's minutes are up and down. Nick Nurse usually likes to give him one run in the first half. If he doesn't get that done, he gets a shorter leash in the second half. And then generally speaking, you know, it leads to some nights where he's not there. But on nights where he's on, and, you know, what I mean that is, like, uh, against, you know, the Hornets, he was on. Against the Blazers, he was on. You know, there's these games where Terrence Davis really goes off, and he's really a, a great asset for the offense. Uh, and tonight was definitely one of those cases where, you know, he started off the game, hit two threes back-to-back, start the game. One of those shots, he could have swung the ball over to, I think, Kyle Lowry on the top of the floor. And Terrence Davis was like, no, I got this. And I love that confidence from him. And Terrence is really a confident rookie. Uh, and he just kept it going from there. I mean, it, it got increasingly more impressive as the game went on. There was one play where he was under the basket. He was going up against Chandler Hutchinson, which is like, whatever, it's Chandler Hutchinson. But still, that's the Bulls starting, like, you know, uh, I guess small forward. I mean, he's he's really a power forward. He's like 6'8". He's bigger than Terrence. Uh, definitely is more muscular than Terrence. But Terrence actually uses his shoulder, nudges, um, bumps Hutchinson on the layup. Basically, he bodies him. And he goes up for the layup. He creates that little separation to get up the layup. And that showcased his strength. Uh, it showcased sort of um, his ball handling ability when Terrence got the rebound on one play. And that took it end-to-end for um, an and one in transition. That was really impressive to me. Uh, he had, and, and you know, towards the end, like it was just he was doing whatever he wanted. Like, like I'm telling you about pull up threes for Terrence Davis, like dribbling at the defender, seeing the defender go under the screen, and he says, "All right, fine, I'll pull up," and he hits the three. And then you know the Raptors were trying to get him scoring at this point, and uh, you know it was like they're running pin down screens for him, where it was like the you know what they used to run for Terrence Ross, you know, two staggered down screens, or I guess they run that for Kyle Lowry now, coming from the bottom of the floor to the top of the floor, catching and shooting, you hit that as well. Um, and it was just a great night where everyone just kind of supported him, you know? Like, I, I love the sort of atmosphere around the game. The mood around the game was great. Um, you know, Fred Van Vliet obviously is Terrence Davis's, uh, is, he's his vet, and so he's really, um, you know, taken him under his wing and sort of made plays for him. All season, uh, Fred has really made a point to look for Terrence and pass to Terrence. Uh, tonight was no exception. Um, Fred had three of his eight assists going towards Terrence Davis. Obviously, you want to feed the odd hand as a point guard, but also just that they have that relationship. You know, I had one play where in the second quarter, Fred Van Vliet had the baseline for a layup, and he could have gone in for a layup, but he instead he overpassed and found Terrence Davis, who was had hit back-to-back threes at that point in the corner. Terrence Davis ended up rimming out the shot, but... You know, you appreciate that kind of camaraderie on that team. And, you know, in the fourth quarter even, with the Raptors up 19, I personally thought maybe a little bit petty uh, because you're up 19 against in the fourth quarter and you're clearly going to smack up the Bulls. Um, But Nick Nurse actually called for a coach's challenge uh, when Terrence Davis drove hard to the basket and uh, Thaddeus Young slid underneath him 
and originally it was called a charge in favor of Thaddeus Young, and it was going to be Terrence Davis's fifth foul. But Nick Nurse, you know, in, immediately whistles for the challenge, then uh, looks back to the bench. I think they have a mechanism where one of the assistant coaches on the bench holds an iPad and can replay. But that assistant coach is like, just look at the big screen because they're here at Scotiabank, so you have an advantage there. They immediately show the replay within that 30-second window of the challenge. Uh, and, you know, Nick saw the replay, saw it, and he's like, boom, I'm going to make that challenge. And even though they were up, they were down 19, um, it was a very good challenge because it was, or, you know, it was um, a situation where, A, the call got reversed. So instead of erasing the basket, the basket counted. Uh, instead of uh, a fifth foul on Terrence Davis, it was a blocking foul on Thaddeus Young. So it's an additional free throw for Terrence. And also, just a boot, Terrence, uh, Thad Young also picked up a sixth foul on the night on that play. And so he came out of the game. Uh, so it, it turned out to be a very good uh, you know, play. And it was just one of the signs where, again, everyone was supporting Terrence. Like when Terrence finally got to that 30 points, uh, you know, and he finally checked out of the game, you know, Nick Nurse have elite, does have at least a little bit of respect for the Bulls uh, to take Terrence out instead of having him chase 40. Um, yeah, Terrence came to the bench. He was mobbed by all his teammates. Everyone was so thrilled for him in the post game. He got the, obviously the post game interview on the court, and Pascal, you know, um, you know, took a cup of water and dumped it on him and gave him the Gatorade cup treatment. And you know, I can't say this for sure, but after the game, you know, the, the head of uh, Raptor security came over to uh, collect the game ball from the referees, and I'm not sure if he was going to. I mean, they're either going to present it to Terrence for his first career 30-point game or maybe perhaps to Paul Watson, who is on a two-way deal, and he got his first career NBA point on a, uh, on a free throw. Either way, I mean, chances are they're probably giving it to, uh, to, Darren's, uh, to Terrence. And so, you know, it was a great night for Terrence, but it was a great night for everybody. Like, you know, um, I thought Serge was really efficient with his offense. Another 16 points, six rebounds, and assists, three blocks, 25 minutes. Uh, defensive activity could be a little higher, but again, his offensive output right now is so nice. He's so smooth, finishing everything around the basket. Uh, Serge is playing really well. Uh, he's balling, and he always does. You know, when uh, you know when he's asked to start, Kalari another very steady fourteen four and six performance. All the little 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 plays, you know, minutes cut down to thirty minutes. Didn't have to drive that hard. Uh, three of seven from three. I uh, got to the free throw line. You know, was really clever about you know tricking the Bulls defenders into uh, fouling him. Uh, only took one hard ch- hit on the night when I think he took a charge to either Thad Young or Cristiano Felicio. I think it was Thad Young on a drive. Kyle Lowry did take a lot, of, a lot of contact on that play. But for the most part, you know, only 30 minutes for Kyle. Uh, great, you know, in terms of just uh, keeping his conditioning and then also, you know, overplaying him. Fred, I thought, was really nice. 12 points, 4 rebounds, 8 assists, a steal. Just generally a lot of heads-up plays. Um, very smart rotations on defense. And I also thought, you know, it was a great, great Move by Nick Nurse. Not, not, not you, you know. You, you don't need to like reinvent how to play basketball to beat the Bulls. You know, you don't need a stroke of genius to have a better team to beat the Bulls. But having said that, I thought one of the subtle adjustments made by Nick Nurse during this game was that in the first half, when the Bulls sort of got out to a bit of a run, when um, you know it was the Raptors bench unit going up against uh, the, the the Bulls bench unit, where the Raptors bench unit uh, it was Davis at point, McCaw to. Uh, you know, and and OG sort of came out to play four a little bit there. Matt Thomas is there. I guess Matt Thomas is two. I guess McCaw is three in that situation. Um, but yeah, OG was the four and Boucher was the five. And there wasn't a lot of playmaking with that unit. And Terrence Davis hit some threes, but outside of that, there wasn't a lot of offense. And so Nick sort of made that adjustment in the first half, where you know he put Fred in for OG to sort of create more playmaking on the on the on the field. And of course, you know that that takes away from the size. Like Daniel McCaw is now playing power forward, and that's really tough 
But it was a good call because, you know, Nick went back to that same alignment in the second half. You know, he skipped this time OG in the rotation. He put Fred in there to sort of just close out the game. And that lineup with Fred and Terrence and even McCaw, the three of those playmakers together, along with Boucher diving to the rim, and Matt Thomas space on the floor, it worked out really, really well. And that's what really blew the game wide open. And it's a very subtle adjustment to you know change up who which starter is leading the bench uh, and sort of trading a little bit of size for playmaking with OGN versus Fred Van Vliet. But it was a very good move. And, again, it's why Nick Nurse is in the All-Star game as a coach uh, he, because he's taken this team and he's wrung out every bit of talent from this team. He's developed the squad. Obviously, that goes to his assistance as well for developing. Um but he's done very well. He's done very, very well. And I thought, you know, just whatever. It's It was a blowout. But there's a reason it's a blowout. It's someone that's, he, Nick Nurse made some uh, very, very smart moves in that stretch. I thought Boucher was very good. Um, you know, he goes to the rim super hard. Uh, had 15 points in 25 minutes tonight, plus 21. Five rebounds and assists, two steals. Uh, the two steals really stand out to me for Boucher. He uh, makes himself really big on the pick-and-roll coverage so that, you know, when you are trying to trap the pick-and-roll, uh, you can have Boucher just literally – put his hands up in the middle of the floor and it's very very hard for guards to pass over that even though the man the, the roller is generally speaking open uh, it's just hard to pass through Boucher because he's so freaking long um, and he got two steals that way and he also got a deflection as well in, in, in the fourth quarter thought Boucher's energy was really good he's been really solid as a backup um, you know just in, in the in the absence of Marcus Law is he as good as Mark hell no but um, he definitely comes in and he produces, and you got to give him a lot of credit for the the hustle and how hard he goes to the rim. Some of these plays he's taking, he's, he's he's put on his ass like three, four times a game. But you know, Boucher's getting it done. He's he's finishing. He's he's scoring. He's drawing fouls around the rim, uh, and then defensively, he's really not that bad. So I, I thought he was good. Even McCaw came in and was pretty solid. Like McCaw actually led the game with his plus minus with plus twenty and twenty three minutes. Uh, three of five from the field, two of three from three. Got two free throws as well. Hit those two rebounds, two assists, a steal, no turnovers in twenty three minutes. That's an excellent night for McCaw. It really is. Like I don't know what else you want from a backup point guard. Um, you know, I thought. Um, you know, first off, he's wearing this mask now. Um, but you know, despite the fact that he's got a fractured nose, he seems to be playing with more f- aggression and more intent and more purpose uh, than he did before he broke his nose, which is weird. But yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, the, honestly, the difference with McCaw is that he has the ability to be a good, serviceable backup player. Um, we've seen it in spurts this year. This is not the first time we've seen good thing out of McCaw. We know he can do some things, um, but really, it's the difference is just confidence um there's always this hesitation around his game and when he does that it generally suffocates the rest of the offense you cannot have a hesitant point guard it does not work in 2020 but you know there's a level to that too because it doesn't mean he has to like take every shot and be russell westbrook or anything but he just needs to be aggressive and decisive with his moves when he drives he nears me there needs to be intent to go all the way with it and go to the rim for a layup and because you have that intent then you could kick out and, and and their passes become you know um momentum builders rather than momentum killers and you know you have um uh you know in terms of his threes he was very you know very willing to shoot the three instead of passing them up today and so i thought mccaw had a really good game defensively he was also quite good and again no turnovers for a point guard sitting up the plays pretty nice terrence davis obviously amazing night and even matt thomas who you know missed his last three shots but was uh, three for three to start looking for his offense even made some pretty good closeouts and i felt really bad for him because he made three excellent closeouts where he was right in the defender's face and all three times the defender hit a three that just speaks more to the 
you know the, the other team being hot and then um to matt thomas's defense i thought defensively he actually scrambled really well uh was generally speaking one of the guys that uh was making the right rotations and you know that's something where you know um early in the season not only was matt thomas a bad man-to-man defender but he was also losing his way in trans in sort of in, in uh, help sequences and tonight i thought he was very very good i think t- as the season has gone on he's gotten better on defense he's sort of understood the reads much better and that's not a surprise it's it's a huge adjustment for anybody playing in the nba and also i, I just like that he's aggressive with his offense you know like matt thomas he'll come off that screen and defenders generally speaking will know that guy's a shooter we're going to try to run him off even a bad defense like the bulls uh, had the wherewithal to trap him off the, the high pick and roll, to show pressure, to come up to the level of the screen, um, and just to deny the three point shot because you know he's shooting like fifty percent from three. But Davis, or um, sorry, Thomas has had a uh, has has had the awareness and has had the ability to dribble past and get into the lane and not necessarily go all the way in for a layup because he probably can't finish those. He got blocked today, I think, by Denzel Valentine or whatever. Um, but you know, he can hit those in-between shots, those little leaners, the little short jumpers, whether that's in the mid-range area, whether that's in the short, um, you know, paint area. You know, he's really good at banking the shots in. And you could tell, he's, he's been a lifelong shooter. It's not the first time defenses have run him off the line and forced him to make a play. And he has that sort of savvy ability to hit a couple in-between shots as well. And, and you know... I'm not saying Matt Thomas is going to crack the rotation. He's probably like the 11th man on the team. He's a specialist. You bring him into space the floor, and, and, you know, he needs to develop other areas of his game. But still, when he did came in today, he was very effective. Uh, he hit his shots, and he played, you know, pretty good team defense. And that's kind of what you that's, – that's his path towards being a consistent uh, rotation guy in the NBA is to do all those things. So, well, all in all, it was a very good night. Again, the Bulls are not that good. Uh, the Bulls actually played a pretty good first half, and then the Raptors decided to wake up. They smacked them up, and, um, you know, they've won 11 straight. This is ties a franchise record now. The Raptors uh, have won 11 straight back in the 2017-2018 season. Uh, that year, I think it was in March, the, the win streak was snapped by Russell Westbrook. He uh, came to Toronto in a 1 p.m. game and just completely destroyed them. Uh, he was unstoppable. I think in that game... Um, yeah, he was throwing some really, really nice passes in that one. Um but yeah, he just demolished the Raptors. But whatever, you know, the Raptors now have a chance to uh, break and set a new um, record for most consecutive wins, and and that would be so so impressive because like look at this team. You did not expect that out of this team, and they've had injuries over this stretch too. Like they don't have Norm. Norm is out for a month plus with uh, a fractured um, joint in his hand. Uh, Marcus All remains out. He probably will go next game against Indiana on Wednesday. And Rondé, same deal. So they missed pieces over the stretch. And it's not like it's all been cupcake. I mean, like every win streak, you're probably, generally speaking, playing trash teams. Like look at Milwaukee's win streak of this year or, or the Utah's win streak of this year. It's kind of the same deal. Uh, or even the Lakers' win streak. Um, but, you know, they've, they've had some good results in there. Um, I thought beating the Spurs was a really good game. I thought beating uh, OKC was a really nice result. I thought beating uh, the, the, the Sixers was a really good result. So, you know, it's, it's not bad. And, yo, even the, Pist- even the Pistons, who the Raptors, you know, smacked up without a, without a problem on Friday, you know, they just went out and beat the Denver Nuggets in overtime. So, you know. You never know. Um, the Raptors have done a really good job taking care of business. They've done it all season, really. They've had one or two games where they let slip, but for the most part, they've really taken care of business against trash teams. And, you know, coming up on Wednesday, they play a good team in Indiana. They play a back-to-back against Indiana, home-and-home. 
and then they will play the Brooklyn Nets on Saturday as part of a back-to-back. So it's three games and four nights, you know, a little bit of annoying stretch, but I don't know. There's no reason why they should lose these games. Like, they're rolling. Like, Indiana, even though they are getting healthier, uh, and I do watch a lot of indie ball because they're just, generally speaking, a good team to watch. Um, I mean, first off, I just watched them lose 90-85 to to the New York Knicks at home. And this is after Victor Oladipo has come back from uh, from injury. I mean, obviously, sort of a, a slow uh, progression for him. He had that game winner, or not the game winner, but he forced overtime in the first game. He was back, but he was not necessarily at his best in that one either. And he had the big shot, but he wasn't at his best in that game. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon's been sort of up and down with his offense. Uh, Sabonis has been really solid, but you know the rest of the team sort of comes and goes. You know they're a hard playing team, they're a solid playing team, but you know generally speaking, the Raptors. It's not like the Raptors will be shorthanded or not shorthanded, but it's not like the Raptors will be underdogs against that team. Like they could beat Indiana and they beat Indiana is 12 games. They beat them again. It's 13. They beat Brooklyn. It's 14. And yeah. And Brooklyn just lost Kyrie again to uh, another injury. Uh, he twisted his knee going for a rebound. So, you know, things are, things are at least for the Raptors looking uh, pretty good. So long as they stay healthy. Uh, before I get to three stars, I want to get to the KFC bucket of the game and uh as a reminder the raptors everything podcast is brought to you by our official sponsor kentucky fried chicken because you're a fan of buckets then you are a fan of kfc order yours at kfc.ca and get it before tip-off um a lot of ways you can go with this a lot of very impressive highlights it's one of those games you definitely want to watch back and, and sort of review sort of just all the glory of this game uh, but to me the play of the game the bucket kfc bucket of the game has to go to fred van lee uh, in the second quarter there he had a play where coming out of the timeout, the Raptors wanted to run the hammer play where Fred Van Lee would get the corner three off a screen in the corner. Uh, I should give the Bulls credit for this. Thomas Adoransky sort of read it, and uh, he snuffed it out, and he sort of denied it, and he sort of stayed close to Fred off the screen and, and, and forced him off. But because he stayed so close to Fred, Fred then crossed, came out of the corner, crossed over on a drop to the rim. So Sadoransky was put on his ass, and Fred Van Lee kind of looked at him, then took did a step back to get behind the three-point arc and swished the three. And it was just a very badass sequence. Like, Fred Van Vliet had two excellent, excellent crossovers in this game. There was that one and also one in the fourth quarter where he drove out, he drove in, he, he crossed over on a, uh, on a drive to the rim. He completely froze, I think it was Ryan Archie Diakono. I'm not really sure, one of the Bulls guards. And then, uh, you know, had, a, uh, had two options in the corner uh, on the drive because uh, he jumped after that. He used his eyes to look the defender away from the corner, then pinged the pass across the floor to Pat McCaw, who who, who confidently rose up and switched the three. And um, yeah, Fred, you know, he signed one. He signed to end one for a reason. He, he definitely looked like it tonight with those crossovers. In terms of your three stars, uh, giving that first star to Terrence Davis, duh, thirty-one points, four rebounds, and assist, twelve of twenty, uh, twelve of fifteen shooting, six of seven from three, twenty-eight points. Um, he was excellent. He was just awesome. Um, and I thought even, you know, Nick Nurse showed a, uh, you know, a, a bit of uh, self-awareness because uh, he said after the game, quote, I always think about the games where I play him six minutes and wonder what the hell he's uh, I'm doing when he's playing like that. And, it, you know, it, Nick's, you know, obviously, um, Nick's obviously, you know, playing a joke and he's sort of showing some self-awareness, critiquing himself. But, you know, it, it is true. I, I think generally speaking, Terrence could get more minutes. He's been one of the most impactful rookies in the NBA. Um, and because of that, he probably should be at the all, the Rising Stars game. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, 
generally speaking, when he's on, he really is on. And I think Nick has done a, a decent job of just sort of um, recognizing those moments and, and, and empowering him. I mean, it's not hard to play a lot of a guy a lot of minutes when you're 12 or 15 from the field, but still. Um, yeah, I just thought it was it was a funny moment post game. Uh, your second star of the night, I'm giving that to uh, Fred VanVleet. 12 points, four rebounds, eight assists, a steal. Again, the highlights were very good. Um, you know, just did a really good job of distributing, really poised, making a lot of win, uh, you know, winning plays. And then your third star, I'm giving that to Pascal. 17 points, nine rebounds, five assists. Again, didn't have to play the third, uh, the fourth quarter. Only 28 minutes on the night, and uh, was really, really good in terms of just, just making the difficult plays. Like what Pascal needs to do right now. We know Pascal can do the easy things. We need Pascal to do the hard things, and that's a very, very, that's a very different approach. Um, you know, two points for Pascal nowadays is not two points for Pascal last season. It's definitely not two points for Pascal the season before that. He's getting guarded heavily. He's seeing double teams. He's doing a, re- he's doing a lot better job of passing out of them these days you know five assist games for pascal are just kind of the the norm for him now and now it's just about you know can he hit turnaround jumpers on a consistent basis so that you know there's no actual defense around him and um yeah i don't know pascal looked very unstoppable today i know it's only 17 points but it was a very very impressive night for pascal so it's the difficulty of what he accomplished in terms of the gerald henderson award i'm giving that to um uh, this team sucks. <laughs> I guess I'll give it to. Uh, I guess I'll give it to Thad Young. Twenty-one point seven rebounds and assists, two steals. Um, you know, had some overzealous turnovers. Obviously, he fouled out of the game. Some of it not his fault. I mean, he picked up a tech as well. But uh, you know, he was hitting his from three, which is strange. He's uh, kind of a inconsistent three-point shooter, I will say. But you know, he played very physically. He played very hard, and his, his talents are just wasted on the Bulls. Like, I know the Bulls signed him specifically for this reason, to be a professional player and a veteran who contributes and defends and, and, and does the right things on offense and is unselfish. But damn, yeah, you just can't help but think, what if Thad Young was on a, a better team? You know, a lot of teams could use Thad Young. The Raptors could use a Thad Young off the bench. Um, but, uh, you know, he, he signed a deal. He took the money in Chicago, and, you know, it is what it is. So, that does it for the podcast. Again, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, if you haven't already, uh, please rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Big thank you to KFC for sponsoring the podcast. And also just a couple of programming notes. Uh, if you aren't aware already, there's been some new programs at uh, Yahoo Sports Canada on the basketball side of late that I think you should check out. Um, for one thing, me and Alex Wong, who, uh, as part of the Run It Back family, we are also doing a segment that goes around the NBA. That comes out every Friday and uh, you can look for that every Friday. Uh, big shout out to our sp- uh, producer Ashley for cutting that up and putting that out, and um, you know, you know, just just coming up with the segment in the first place. Um, also, the Raptors live, Raptors over everything live call-in show happens every Friday as well. That's in the afternoon between three thirty and four thirty. Uh, me and my co-host Josh Hart, we take phone calls from Raptors fans. You can watch that live on the Iowa Sports Canada YouTube page. Uh, and if you can't call in live during that stretch, uh, you can leave a YouTube comment. You could, uh, or better yet, you could leave us a message. You can leave us voicemail on the uh, KFC hotline where you, what you can do is you can go on Instagram, you can direct message and leave us a voice note on the Yahoo Sports Canada Instagram account. You can direct message and we'll play your questions for the most part on the show. Um, and of course, you know, watch Running Back with me and Alex. And so that does for the podcast. Uh, 
next week, the Raptors are facing the NBA trade deadline, so there'll be more coverage towards that and sort of what the Raptors do in terms of around the margins uh, as they gear up for another playoff run. I'm going to have uh, uh, you know a, a very special guest on Monday to sort of come in and talk about that and sort of talk about where the Raptors' heads are at. So look out for that. That's going to come out probably Monday afternoon uh, on this podcast feed, and so. And of course, there'll be post game reaction. There'll be, be post trade deadline reaction as well. Um, so, plenty of Raptors coverage. Look out for that. Thanks everyone for listening. Rate, review, subscribe. Big thanks to KFC for sponsoring the show. And uh, I'll be back tomorrow. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So, naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.